are the typically developing stages that our three to five-year-olds are going to go through? What warning signs should we look out for? And what skills should we look for them to be able to achieve at those certain milestones? As mothers who need to add money to the family budget, we thought we only had two options. Get a job and put our kids in daycare or start a home daycare. But what if there was a third option, a better way that would allow you to create a consistent income and make a difference in children's lives while still staying home with your kids? I'm Joy Anderson, and this is the Preschool All-Stars Podcast, where I'm going to share exactly how myself and thousands of other moms have created successful preschools so you can do the same. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to our Preschool All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Joy Anderson, and with me today is my good friend, Heather Greitman. She is a certified occupational therapist and the creator of the amazing blog, Growing Hands-On Kids. So welcome, Heather, to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be talking about this and I could talk about it all day. So it's a perfect topic. (laughs) Oh, me too. I love this topic so much. And we have a several other speakers who are going to be talking on it, but I brought you on specifically because you are the queen of developmental stages and skills and milestones and uh, being able to make sure that our kiddos are progressing through those correctly. So before we get into that though, where did this whole journey begin? I mean, you're the creator of this amazing blog, but where did this all start? Yeah, so I originally wanted to be a teacher all my life. I knew I wanted to be a teacher and had plans to go to school to be a teacher. And then when it came down to it, money was a big part of it. I just uh, decided to stay closer to home. And my boyfriend, uh, now husband, uh, was going to physical therapy uh, assistant school. And he saw a just, you know, like in the catalog of, you know, here's the different programs we offer. And he saw occupational therapy assistant and he was reading the description. He's like, oh, that sounds like something you would really be interested in. And I was in computers um, graphics at the time and just not feeling it because I'm more (laughs) of a people person and I like computers. I mean, obviously I run my own website now, which is kind of funny, but um, I just, I wanted more interaction with people. And so when I saw that description, I also said I would never be in the medical field because I hate needles. <laughs> so, but then when I saw the description of occupational therapy, I was like, oh, that sounds like something I could do. I know I want to work with kids. Um, and so going into school, that's just something I always kind of knew I wanted to do was to always work with children. Um, once I got out of school, which I actually did not do right away because um, the first job I was able to find was in the nursing home. So I did that for a couple years. And then I finally found my dream position <laughs> in the school system and ended up working in three different districts um, with school age children. So we start at preschool age three and I worked all the way up through high school. So yeah, but preschool is definitely was definitely one of my favorite ages to work with. That's like the most fun because you get to play all day. (laughs) (laughs) And as we've talked with others, play is their work. Oh, totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Everything that we're going to talk about today, as far as milestones and what they should be hitting, can all be done with play. So it's like, it's the best, the best part of it is you don't have to have any fancy tools or setups or anything, just play. That's basically what it boils down to. Oh, I'm super excited to dive into this. Now, how did you 
decide to go into the website though, to help others. Where did that start transitioning in? Right. (laughs) So I was working and I just kind of wanted a creative outlet. And so message boards were kind of the thing at the time and blogging was just kind of starting. And so I started a blog and it wasn't anything occupational therapy related. It was just whatever I felt like writing at the time, (laughs) Um, just kind of how everybody did. And I just really enjoyed it. And so then as uh, years went by, I was like, oh, maybe I'll share an activity, you know, that I'm doing at work and just, you know, randomly put things up. And then I started noticing that those activities that I was sharing were getting the most views. And then I started hearing, you know, all this chatter of, you know, making an income with websites. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And so I started learning more about it and also realizing there were not at the time a lot of therapy related websites out there. And so once I started seeing that that's what people wanted and also realizing that I could do it from home, I knew I wanted to have children, you know, someday and we also homeschool. And so the ability to stay home with them was a big um, part of that. And so, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And so, yeah, now I stay home. Um, I'm not currently working um, as an OT assistant, but I keep up with my licensure and all that and continuing education and just use all my background to share resources for a lot of other therapists that then share with their parents and teachers and also teachers and parents. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. A wealth of knowledge and experience Now you can bless uh, millions of lives everywhere. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's really fun to just get hear from people like all over the world that I would never have reached if I was still working. But of course, it's it's the best of both worlds, really. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive in now into having this discussion because either as parents or teachers, uh, we've got, you know, three to five-year-olds in our world. Uh And some of us who've got a lot of experience can look at kiddos and say, Hmm, that's a little bit off, you know, the behaviors that they're doing, or even some of the skills that maybe they're not meeting yet. We're like, "Mm, that's a little bit off. But some of us are maybe new teachers or new parents going into this world and saying, I'm not sure what the developmental stages are, what the milestones are that they should be reaching. So let's start there. How can we start the conversation? Do you think like, should we start at three years old or should we start just a little bit before that? Yeah, I think just starting like just before three is good because when you hit that preschool age, I think that's when a lot of people start to notice the red flags, especially Um, when they put their child into preschool and the teacher comes back and says, well, you know, they're not able to do this yet. And then it's like, oh, okay. So then you start wondering, you know, okay, what can I do at home? You know, that type of thing. So um, if we start before with toddlers and their development, the body develops kind of starting with the big motor movements first. So, you know, babies, they develop walking, crawling, you know, all those things come first. And then as they get older, they start fine tuning all of those smaller movements like fine motor skills. So as an OT where we kind of focus more on fine motor, but we still focus on the gross motor and sensory processing because all those are building blocks to the fine motor skills. You can't have really good successful fine motor skills until you have a good foundation of the sensory processing and the gross motor. And that really comes back to play. Just letting your toddlers and babies just play on the ground, especially. Um, I know, especially you'll hear the container being baby syndrome 
a lot where babies are just in containers more, they're not able to move as much as they used to. And so just if that's what you're, you know, really wanting to focus on with babies is just get them out of their containers, let them crawl, let them play um, and move their bodies in as many ways as possible. And that's really the best way to set them up for success later on in preschool. So then when they hit that um, three-year-old age is when you start to notice what are the fine motor things that they're, they're able to do. Um, what are they having them do in the preschool environment? And so some of the things you may start noticing them being able to do is they're going to start drawing and they're going to start drawing things that actually resemble something instead of just scribbling. Um, toddlers, you'll see a lot of scribbles and marks and it might not necessarily look like anything to you. But of course, your child knows exactly what it is. <laughs> um, and then I, when they hit that three-year-old age, though, you're going to start seeing more, okay, straight lines. Um, you're going to start seeing horizontal lines and circles. And so whereas before it might have just been a bunch of circles, you know, in a, a bunch at a time, now they're going to start realizing, oh, I can start at the top, go around and stop at the top to make a circle. Um, and so that's kind of the things that we look for at age three. And again, this can be brought into play. You can say, hey, can you draw me a house? There's, you know, there's all your horizontal, vertical lines, circle shapes. That's perfect. And then you're also going to start noticing that they can maybe string beads, uh, maybe some of the, the bigger size beads, not the smaller ones. Um, they may start unbuttoning or buttoning buttons, the really large ones. Um, and so um, letting them help get dressed in the morning, it's a great way to work on fine motor skills. Um, buttoning their shirts or zippers up and down. It's a great way to have some functional fine motor practice throughout their days, just letting them help and be involved. Cooking and helping in the kitchen is another great way. Being able to just, you know, do what they can at that three-year-old level. Um, and I know a lot of parents might be scared to introduce a knife or scissors at this <laughs> age, but they are able to try doing it. Um, you can get a nylon knife that doesn't have the sharp edges so that they can practice cutting. Um, and then scissors, you can get scissors that will only cut paper, or you can just, you know, obviously this stuff is all heavily supervised yeah. <laughs> um, and the scissors go back up when you're done. But those are all important skills that they can be working on now at three because they're going to need it, especially when they hit kindergarten. They're going to need those scissor skills to be able to cut and paste so even starting at this young age of three is still a great idea. It's getting them exposure and it's not going to be perfect. That's not the point. You're just exposing them to it and letting them practice um, with those skills. I think one of my favorite things for scissors is Play-Doh, right? Yes. I mean, that giving the resistance um, yes. to have to cut into Play-Doh and there's no right or wrong way, mm -hmm. you know, nothing to cut a straight line or nothing. It's just, right. just building up the fine motor strength. Yes. Yes. Because especially with scissor skills, that's what we find when we're starting to notice some issues with fine motor skills. A lot of it has to do with strength and they just don't have the strength in their hands, partly because maybe they haven't had the practice with them and they're just not used to that, that muscle movement of being able to open and close the scissors. But yeah, getting that in starting at three is, is perfect. And you can, it doesn't have to be paper. It can be Play-Doh. It can be pom-poms, you know, anything. Construction paper is another great one. Um, because it gives a little bit of resistance to the scissors. Um, and so the scissors aren't like slipping off the paper all the time that you might find with regular paper. So 
Amazing. Now, also, let's talk about the skills that a three-year-old should probably have with speaking and also probably, you did talk about the gross motor. Are, are three-year-olds able to, you know, catch balls, kick balls, you know, things like that, um, run somewhat normally, or does it still look pretty, you know, <laughs> flailing arms and such? Um, and then also, I'd love to hear about the speaking as well, you know, because I know a lot of parents are are wondering, what about speech yeah. delays and stuff? And we don't need to go too deep into that, but like, should how much should yeah. our kiddos be speaking? I will, yeah, I will say that the speech part is not my area of expertise. So I don't, I would have trouble saying like, this is how many words they should know or anything like that. However, I would say that if you do have concerns about their speech, then you should say something. Early intervention is going to be the most helpful thing, even if you're not sure. If you just suspect that there might be an issue with their speech, if you're having a hard time understanding them or um, understanding their gestures, I would definitely mention it to a doctor, get a speech and language evaluation, because um, like I said, early intervention is just going to set them up for success. And so even if you aren't sure, it's always best to ask for one, just to be sure. And even if they don't qualify necessarily for services, the therapist can give you ideas of things to work on at home. If there are some areas that they notice that they're having trouble with, they can give you some things to do with to do at home. And the same thing with um, gross motor skills and fine motor skills, too. If, if any of these, if you ever think, OK, maybe my child isn't doing these quite at the level that they should be, talk to your child's doctor, get an evaluation. Um, that's always the best, the best thing to do. Um, and then as far as like gross motor milestones, um, they should be able to start balancing on one foot for just a few seconds. So it's not going to be, you know, anything for too long, but they are going to start initiating what we call bilateral movements, which is using their arms together or using their arms and legs together. That's where scissors comes in because a lot of kids, if they struggle with that bilateral movement, they're going to have trouble holding the paper and cutting at the same time. So if you can give them lots of exposure to that type of thing is great. Um, of course, they're climbing a lot. Um, they should be able to start pedaling a tricycle. So a three-wheeled bike, they can start with that. Um, and they'll also start walking up and down stairs with alternating feet. So instead of, you know, where you hop down with one foot, bring the foot down, and then the next one, um, they should be able to alternate those feet going down the stairs. And then they can also jump in place with their two feet together and then also jump forward. So those are some things that um, you can look for. Um, and then they should also, obviously, um, most kids are running <laughs> by this age. So they should be able to run fairly well um, without tripping um, or being able to see where they're going and, and not fall as often um, when they're running. So now let's go ahead and talk about Sometimes things don't just happen exactly on point, right? We've got kiddos who are possibly typically developing, and then we've got kiddos who are a little bit later developing. So, and then we've got actual real developmental delays. Where should we be looking? You know, are we, are we th within a couple months that we should be like, okay, if things are developing, okay. Or if we're looking into maybe, you know, three months, six months of, of not hitting certain milestones, we want to be having that discussion with the doctor. Yeah, I would say probably somewhere within the three to six months range, if you're still noticing that they haven't hit a milestone after three to six months, then I would consider talking you know, to your child's doctor. And again, there's a big range in all of this. So when we talk about milestones, 
and three-year-olds or four-year-olds or five-year-olds, you may have a three-year-old that doesn't start doing something till three and a half or closer to four. So it's, it really is going to depend. But if you're noticing that, you know, three to six months after an age and they aren't doing something that maybe you're seeing other three-year-olds doing, then I would definitely say something um, to your doctor. And like I said, early intervention, if anything, is just going to set them up for success later on in academics, especially. So it doesn't hurt um, to start that process if you suspect that there's something going on. And that's such a good conversation to have with your pediatrician, your doctor. So they're the ones who know all these skills and these milestones, and they're going to be the ones to either, you know, give you a little bit of peace of calm and saying, yes, you know, they're still on track or, you know, I see what you're saying here. Let's go ahead and monitor it. Or yes, there definitely is something here. Let's go ahead and get a referral out. Um, So we talked about the three-year-olds. What about when we're hitting that pre-K age? Yeah. So when we're hitting four-year-old age, um, you're going to see a lot more fine tuning of those fine motor skills, especially. Um, you're going to see potentially some children will start holding a pencil. Again, this is very early. Um, I would not be sitting down and trying to get your four year old to hold a pencil because <laughs> <laughs> um, they just may not want to. They may not be interested, and that's totally fine. But they're going to start making more shapes. So I'm going to refer to something called pre writing skills which is really those lines and shapes that we look for kids to be able to do before they can write. And so that three to six, really four to six age, your age is when children really start mastering those pre-writing lines. But it's also important to realize that they're not going to be able to start writing appropriately until they've mastered these lines. And I think a lot of parents may not realize that And so if you're trying to get your four-year-old to write their name, depending on the letters in their name, you know, some kids may have some easier letters than others. They developmentally just may not be able to do that yet. And that's totally okay. But you can start introducing these shapes and lines to them, um, like an X shape or a cross shape, um, right and left or slanted lines. Um, They're called oblique lines. (laughs) Or square shapes are all something they can start being introduced to at age four. And that really sets them up for good handwriting um, later on. Um, And then they should be able to start touching the tips of their fingers together. This is important um, with also with holding a pencil, that pincer grasp, being able to pick up smaller objects and just use those two pinchers together is really important for future handwriting and also just fine motor in general. You're also going to start noticing um, more coloring skills. So they might be able to start staying within the lines more when they're coloring. And then you're also going to notice them starting to be able to cut things out better. So maybe a circle shape, they might be able to cut without as many jagged lines or a square shape. Um, And then you're also going to see them being able to do puzzles. So and actually three-year-olds too, but four-year-olds, you'll see them be able to do puzzles with more pieces. So maybe four to five pieces instead of just the three pieces that you see in a lot of, you know, three-year-olds doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as far as like eating skills, also they can start using a fork correctly, a spoon correctly, and actually a spoon um, they can start using between two and three too. Um, And then also with four-year-olds, you may start noticing them decide which hand they're going to use. So whether they're going to be right-handed or left-handed. Um, This is very early, though. Most kids, they have up until really almost age six to decide what hand they're going to use. So you're going to see a lot of jumping back and forth. um, And that's totally okay for this age. 
um, especially if they're not used to a certain activity and they're switching hands because one hand gets tired. You're going to see that a lot at this age and that's totally normal. And then I didn't know if you wanted to get into gross motor stuff. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So um, with gross motor, they're you're going to see them catching balls more, being able to bring both those hands to the, together to catch smaller balls. They're going to be able to kick balls forward. Um, you're going to also see them starting to throw overhand uh, instead of underhand. They can start running obstacles, um, being able to walk on a line. So, and that doesn't have to be like a balance beam. It could just be, you know, lying on the, on the ground. My kids, we have a retaining wall um, next to our driveway and it's, it's barely wide enough for their feet. But I remember <laughs> at this age, they would be out there just walking it back and forth. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, just working on that type of skill. And then they should also be able to start pouring things out, cutting their food with their utensils, that type of thing, starting to do somersaults. So yeah, all those kind of typical playground activities that you see, they should be able to, to start doing. Perfect. Well, oh my goodness, so many skills that we can you know, go lot. back and and yeah, watch. Uh, we can rewatch and re-listen to this and make sure you know how is my kiddo doing. And again, remembering that our kiddos are not at the exact stage that this is exactly. all going to happen. There's a yeah. there's definitely a a timeline here. Yeah. So I did I did hear you talk about pencil grasp, and so yeah. a lot of uh, people who might not be in our industry or might be new to it. Um, you know, we'll, they'll go out to Walmart and they'll get those big chunky crayons, the big chunky markers, the big uh-huh. chunky everything, because, uh-huh. you know, they think, oh, more that the kid can grasp, the uh-huh. easier it is for them to color. And yet we find ourselves drawing back and say, we're going to go with the tiny little things yes. <laughs> that they can only hold uh, right here. Can you kind of give some understanding about why we might go with tinier objects like broken crayons or broken chalk? Instead mm-hmm. of the thick, chunky markers that you might find at Walmart. Right. So, yeah, those thick, chunky markers, they have their place. You know, with the toddler ages, that's perfect because they're more of a, a fisted grasp on their utensils, writing utensils. So those thicker ones are good for that age because they have more to grab hold on. When we get to the four and five-year-old age, they're starting to grasp things more with their fingers. And when they start to do that, if you're giving them a really thick, object to hold. It's putting too much space between what we call their web space, which is between the thumb and the index finger. And so if you get too much space between there and they're trying to hold something, it's actually going to get them to put more fingers on the pencil to try and stabilize that pencil instead of actually using less fingers. (laughs) Mm, So Yeah, if we can use a smaller pencil or to take those crayons and break them in half, I know some people are (laughs) firming when I say that, but (laughs) it really is best developmentally for them to be able to realize, okay, I need to start using my fingers to move the pencil or the crayon back and forth. And instead of my whole arm or my whole hand and getting the rest of those fingers to get into the palm of the hand, um, it really promotes that better when we use a smaller utensil or writing utensil so that they don't have as much space to put all the fingers on and it kind of promotes a a better grasp um, for later handwriting. So yeah, four year, four to five is definitely the time to be, to be focusing on that. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Yep. Definitely the broken crayons, the broken chalk. It's okay if they break and in fact, go break them yourself. And then my favorite too, was the little golf pencils. Uh, You can get them on Amazon. And they actually, I was so excited. 
this is kind of silly, but I was so excited to find some with erasers on them. Even oh, nice. like some little mini golf <laughs> pencils with erasers. But if you just even have regular, like regular size pencil, I just um, sharpen them all, about halfway down. I actually did this with my son today. He's five. So um, we were doing some preschool stuff earlier and he wanted a pencil and I was like, well, this is a really big pencil. So let's sharpen it down. So I sharpened it down to about half its size just so that he has less space. Um, And it's a little bit easier to grasp because when you look at it, the pencil, they're really long. So it's a lot for a four and five year old to try and they've got to keep the paper straight, first of all, or keep it still. And then they're trying to use this pencil and it may be sticking up really high and they're not quite sure how to hold it yet. So if you can shorten that and make it easier for them to manage it, it's really good. That's perfect. And of course, a handheld pencil sharpener is not going to work out in those scenarios. You need an electronic one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I do have an electronic sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, this was so helpful. I know everybody probably has pages of pages upon notes. So thank you so much for sharing all this gold today. Where can our listeners find you? I know they're going to go want to get more information, more resources from you. So where yeah. can they go? Yeah, so you can go to my website, growinghandsonkids.com. I actually have checklists of all of the things that we talked about today. So fine motor skills, gross motor skills, um, visual motor. I have a pre-writing skills checklist, a scissor skills checklist. So if you missed something or it's like, oh, what did she say at that certain age? I have all that in handouts that you can get on my website so you don't have to feverishly take notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, um, most of that is on my homepage or you can just search for those specific things in the search bar on the homepage, but growinghandsonkids.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram under the same, same name as well. And I try to share um, a lot of activity ideas and handouts also on both those. Amazing. So everybody quickly go over to growinghandsonkids.com to be able to get your checklist. And of course, you can find her social handles on her website as well. So again, thank you so much, Heather, for being on our podcast. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Preschool All-Stars podcast. If you want to learn more about how you can create your own successful preschool so you can stay home with your kids, create a consistent income, and make a difference in children's lives, then be sure to head over to joyanderson.com to pick up your free copy of my book, Start Your Preschool. It has over 300 pages and teaches you how to create a successful local or online preschool. The book is free. All that I ask is you help cover the cost of shipping. Again, go to joyanderson.com to get your free copy of my book. Until next time, keep serving, keep teaching, and keep growing. We'll talk to you soon.